Hello, and uh, thank you for tuning in to Mark's Music Collection, uh, Episode 3. Episode 3? Yes. And um, today I'm going to be talking about a movie which is also part of my HD DVD collection, and I think you'll notice a pattern here. I think I'm going to go straight through that first before doing anything else. But it's a movie that I have a lot of history with, as opposed to as opposed to the first movie that I did. And this movie is called The Born Identity. And if you're curious, I am definitely one of those people that thinks that the book is better than the movie. Uh, in general, not always just as a blanket statement, just in general. I generally think books are better than movies. And in this particular case, I'm going to have to double down on that because they have made half a movie from a whole book. And this might be spoilers, it might not be. This is just what I what I have with my DVDs, my HD DVDs to be specific. And this book was a game changer in terms of like spy and espionage. Maybe even airport reading, right? Airport reading. And the reason for that is that it is it's really good. It's genuinely very good. But they chose to make a movie out of it with Matt Damon, and in typical Hollywood fashion, they take out about half of the book to make a tight movie. That was the alarm for the soda that I have in the freezer. I need to remember that before I sign off of this because I haven't watched the movie or I haven't rewatched the movie yet, but I'm about to. I'm I'm queuing it up. It's in the in the HD DVD player right now. Yeah, in in general, they made half a movie, and that upsets me, because the second half of the book really makes the book what it was, what it is, what it uh, the momentum that it gave it going forward was the whole second half of that story that was cut out of the movie. So the movie is just a very very dumb, like oh I lost my memory, I got my memory back, I'm fucking murdering people on the way. That's that's the movie and it's it i think historically um my impression of it was, was that it was very well made and that these things were communicated well if not um you know for the lowest common denominator but we'll we'll see that again i'm going to watch it now i'm going to watch uh the born identity sorry matt damon on my hd dvd player Okay, so I've uh, I've watched The Born Identity after some hours uh, of break. I, I saw about an hour and a half early, much earlier today, and then I finished it up late at night, and I'm now recording it. Uh, as one might think, late at night. Uh, by this time, I've had a few drinks. I also do things like select the wrong input on my interface, and I'm speaking and just recording into the completely incorrect microphone. So I, I I am of the state of mind where I can simple details like that can elude me. Up uh, but I did I had a feeling and I checked and I'm like, oh hey, that's that's definitely the wrong microphone. That's definitely the wrong input. 
and this is also a side effect of me complicating my life. I have uh, I have fun with gear, with audio gear. So I have a good amount of it, a goodly amount of it, if you will. Maybe a little more than I need. Anyway, let's talk about the Born Identity. I, I genuinely don't remember what I said previously. So let's kind of roll the tape back. Um, right. Okay, cool. So I had a whole thread on the plot of the movie. So what gets me, and I'm I'm sure you know this from the, the previous pre-roll that I did, that the, the movie's different from the book. What kills me is that they they really gear it down towards the least common denominator. And by like the third scene, they've already spoiled like the majority of it. <clears throat> They're like, here's a bad guy. And the bad guy, by the way, he stays a bad guy. He never really becomes a good guy. He just stays a fucking bad guy. So, it's not super dissimilar from the book. Uh, the denouement with uh, Alex Conklin, which is uh, Chris Cooper's character. And everybody looks so, so young in this movie. It is wild. Walton Goggins, uh, I saw him as a CIA analyst, and it, it made me laugh. I laughed a little bit to see him in such a mundane role. Such a normal-ass, office-ass role. And I'm just like, what is he even doing there? This is the one of the best psychopaths in the world. What is he even doing there? What? Genuinely what? Genuinely what? Um, but yeah, Matt Damon himself was a, a great cast, I think. He's very nondescript. He's a very normal, good old American, as Jason Bourne is often described to be, which is appropriate. And I, I feel like I feel like the betrayal, the portrayal, not the betrayal, the portrayal of the character of Jason Bourne, uh, spoiler alert, slash David Webb, was true in his way of being. Uh, obviously, the plot changed, but he's generally a analytical computer killing machine, whatever, track star, trap star even. Um, but he's ultimately a good guy at heart and the movie is accepting of this. They're like, okay, this is a, a save the cat that we can get behind, right? This is a hero who can have a journey and they're, they're pulling out all the screenwriting books on this one, obviously to success because the movies were wildly successful. Um, maybe the born supremacy being the most because i think that's the one that introduced the shaky cam for real which gives you the most visceral uh fight scene feeling and pardon me while i take a sip of this wine so the movie portrays him well but they um they do not trust the audience with a plot at all like not even not for a hot second not as far as you can throw it they're like, oh, you're, you, this is this this is too much plot. Don't give the audience this plot. It's way too much. So that kind of irked me. That bothered me because I was accustomed to the 
I, I, I guess I was accustomed to the, and I, I want to use the word sophistication that uh, Robert Ludlum used to give information and communicate events and things like that in the movie, or in the book, I should say, in the story, to be even more general, versus how the movie does it. And I think that is telling of, of Mr. Ludlum, and if you do pick up the uh, the Born Identity HD DVD, or I'm certain, absolutely certain, other uh, media, there's going to be a lot of extra features, and you will definitely get to be involved with um, Mr. Ludlum, and you will really understand what an interesting guy he was. He was uh, a theater actor who decided, hey, maybe I could write and... He did a lot of uh, voiceover, so he has this wonderful voice. It was really cool uh, to kind of see him in interviews and stuff like that. I had I had read some stuff about him, but I had never really paid too much attention to him as a person up until I just hit play on the special features while I was looking at getting a replacement for this uh, Behringer mixer that I have that puts this piercing electronic noise into my ears every time I, I watch a movie. Uh, but I digress. The third scene is uh, people in Langley saying, well, the mission failed. And, you know, they have to tell you right away, like, oh, this is it, you know. This is it right here. This is the bad guy. These are the bad guys. And you don't want to be surprised later on to know that these are the bad guys. These are definitely the bad guys from Jump. Um, You know, 13... Words are hard. 13 minutes into the movie they are giving away a pretty huge reveal uh as i recall it to be um and i'm trying to turn this page here i do write things i also write in cursive uh, more elegant writing for a more sophisticated time I had also forgotten that Clive Owen was in this movie. And I don't know that that's saying much. I know that he was in the BMW stuff for the driver. Uh, but I think this movie was one of his uh, his kind of breakout roles around that time too. So, you know, that's cool. Also looks very young. Very cool. Clive Owen. Frank Potente is an interesting name for this young uh Young woman, or or I guess just woman. I mean, young woman sounds a bit patronizing. She's a full-fledged woman and uh, an actual world-renowned actor at this point. I had seen her previously in Run, Lola, Run, which I believe that I had rented from Blockbuster Video, if you can dig that. That's how long ago, and that's uh, how long she's been acting. Even though this movie came out in, what, 2000, 2001? I didn't look this up. I am unprepared but I'm just going kind of off the dome on this. So, you know, she was a good cast. She is definitely a capable actor. That was another change because I believe that Marie was supposed to be French-Canadian, but, you know, maybe they couldn't come up with a French-Canadian actor or maybe they just wanted a little bit of a different vibe from Marie, maybe a vibe that didn't fit in so that they're like two loners, right? Because, uh, Matt Damon's character of Jason Bourne is um, quite literally a loner in that he knows no one. And uh, Franca Potente's character of Marie is 
in another country trying to get a visa and trying to do all these things. And, and she is alone. She has no support and she is not receiving any help. And, and they kind of meet up and they, they help each other out, which is cute. It is cute. You know, and then when they, they kind of get together, that mini chase scene was, was real fun. Um, I need to look that up, actually. Can you give me one hot second? Because I think that's a Crystal Method song. And I looked up the Moby song at the end, but I did not look up the mini chase scene song. It has to be Crystal Method. Um, How do I get to the soundtrack of this thing, bro? Performed by Ready, Steady, Go, maybe. Paul Oakenfold. Um, I had to find out, so. Typing with one hand again, because I'm hand-holding a microphone. Born Identity Mini Chase Music. Oh, thank you, Google. Oh, Google. Thank you so, so much. It's not on the soundtrack. Uh, the song played during the car chase in Paris is Southern Sun slash Ready, Steady, Go by Paul Oakenfold. <clears throat> According to people. Because it's easier to run. Uh, I'm going to... I want to play it and I want to hear it, but I'm going to believe it. But I wanted it to be a Crystal Method song. It sounded exactly like a Crystal Method song. I think that Paul Oakenfold might have been getting his lunch money took and they're like, hey, can you make more song like these two guys from Las Vegas? So he did. Uh, maybe Pete Tong called him up. Um, that's my Pete Tong impression. But yeah, that, that music was really fucking cool. You know, the movie, as it goes along, it uh, really matures as an action movie, I guess. It, it starts out like a baby action movie. It's a little baby. And um, it's afraid to do a couple things, and then eventually there's people just getting straight fucking murdered. And that's, um, you know, that's fun, and, and they do bigger and badder fights and chases and stuff like that. You know, it's interesting, though, as it, uh, as it kind of finds its legs as an action movie, it gets a little more divorced from the source material. And I haven't read The Born Identity in, wow, I am, I'm 33 now. So almost 20 years, maybe. Uh, I probably last read it when I was 15. Uh, so yeah, I haven't read that in a while, but I felt like there was enough action to make it interesting. The... Uh, Jason and Marie Bond was more than just, hey, bro, I'll give you uh, 20 grand if you take me to Paris. There's some stuff that happens that is intense and, you know, poignant. So it's one of those things. But I guess those things don't necessarily lend themselves to a movie, right? You're not going to want to give... Uh, two or three pages of other stuff to let the reader kind of sit on the reaction to another event. And you, you can't really do that in a movie. In a movie, you're always watching 
learning or doing something, um, at least by all accounts of modern screenwriting resources, right? If you have a, a, a nothing scene, it's a wasted scene. Get rid of it. So, you know, you got to think about it that way, too. It's hard to let things sit sometimes. Um, it is disappointing, though, to see the the way that things are handled in the movie in the terms of the hero's journey. It kind of lessens the, the blow on a couple of things. Um, there's a big reveal that it's not for shock and awe, but the, the, the movie just uses it, and it's like, oh, here's your Dark Knight of the Soul. And he's just like, oh, man. And it's not even, you know, there's an, an entire irony to it that this is all happening because he doesn't know who he is. At some point, somebody says, uh, maybe he's just doing the right thing. And then uh, somebody else replies with, nobody does the right thing. And that might be the thesis of this movie, right? Nobody does the right thing might be the thesis of this movie, except for... Jason Bourne, who cannot remember anything about himself. And why did I say who like that? Who? Who cannot remember anything about himself? And uh, Marie, who's just trying to live, right? They have no agenda other than just making it till tomorrow. And maybe that's the point, right? Clive Owen's character kind of factors into that as well. They get into a little bit of a, a, a kerfuffle. And um, there's a little bit of dialogue there. And Clive Owen obviously is in not exactly the same situation as Jason Bourne, but in a similar one in that they are both uh, quote-unquote treadstone. It, it pains me to go through this because the, the plot is so different in the book and when it comes to this stuff. But, you know, he, he's commenting on how they get headaches, right? So there's some type of brainwashing involved or, or mind control or something like that. There's something non-voluntary about this program that they're in, but they're in it. So I guess they volunteered at one point and then there's just no getting out of it. That kind of thing. I mean, that's a thing. That could happen. That could happen to anyone. So, it's cute and all, but he dies, like, right away. And that doesn't, it doesn't factor into anything. And it's like, you know, there's there's more to it if you really want to sit there and think about it. Like, is, is what this is, is what is happening moral? Or are these government assassins who have no life or volition of their own, are they okay? Is are soldiers okay? Is war ever okay? Is it ever okay to murder somebody? You know things like that. And uh, it the movie doesn't dwell on those things. It it'll it'll pose the question and get right onto it. And I guess that's fine. It it, it is a movie. It is a blockbuster. You know, Jaws didn't really think about like hey is the shark doing the right thing and in Jaws 3 that fucking shark swims all the way to goddamn Florida because this time it's personal so clearly the shark was immoral 
in Jaws 3, but amoral in Jaws 2 and Jaws 1. It was just a shark. But yeah, just like pulling those punches, I mean, it irks me. You know, we've also seen a good amount of government corruption at this point. There's been um, Chris Cooper's character, uh, Alex Conklin, has lied up to Brian uh, Cox's character, who I don't fucking know. He's some complete movie fabrication. And he's just like, no, no, we're good. We're good. No, everything's fine. Everything's terrible. And it's kind of like, oh, well, do you see what kind of bullshit uh, bureaucracy breeds? And you're corrupt government man it's um it's a it's pretty much a, a small government uh message uh theme in that respect but actually caught um a little bit of the the robert ludlum like featurettes and he was a really interesting guy in that he he wrote from personal things um Maybe, uh, kind of like Stanley did, uh, rest in peace, Stanley, the wonderful Stanley who died, uh, just recently prior to this recording. So Ludlum was, uh, on an interview and he's like, uh, I really don't like fanatics. Uh, and then he says something else about fanatics, but he's like, fanboys, I'm gonna get you, you know, plop, plop, gotcha. And then somebody else had said that he always found conspiracies and all types of places, and that was interesting too, because kind of this is what this is. This is a weird government misinformation conspiracy cover-up fuck-up, and it seems Ludlumian would be the word for it. It seems of of the ilk of Robert Ludlum. But he was also, like, a really paid white dude, so it it would be hard to tell. But I think he was not a huge fan of government in its, in its incarnation as a whole, because he saw the potential for that kind of malarkey, if you will, those kinds of shenanigans. And I don't think he was a believer in those shenanigans. I think he was a pretty... Uh, plain-spoken, or well-spoken, but straightforward guy. So, the movie kind of ruins Jason Bourne in the scene where you find out that he's just like, Hey, knuckles, man! I thought you knuckles! Right? He does the whole Scarface thing where it's like, Oh, no, this, this guy's a murderer, right? The whole Dark Knight of the Soul is like, This guy's a hot murderer. This guy's a hot mess murderer, and he's a trained assassin, right? And he's a weapon. He's a $30 million weapon, according to Alex Conklin. And we find out that he's not a weapon, that he's a thinking, feeling human. And he flubs the assignment that in the beginning of the movie was like, oh, mission failed, because he chose not to murder someone in plain view and close proximity to their child. And it's like, oh, the sight of a child, the sight of an innocent child has cured me of my brainwashing. That was really dumb. That was so, so dumb. And this tenet has essentially ruined 
the movies for me. I, I don't know why I said movies like that. Movies. Movies. I found a clue. So there was a uh, tangent. There was a show filmed in Canada called Forever Night with uh, Gabriel Knight, who was a police officer, a police detective. And I didn't know that TV shows were filmed in Canada when I saw this. Everybody has a pretty straightforward accent. But then the guy that plays Gabriel, he um, he's a vampire. He's a vampire cop. I don't know if I went if I mentioned that. And he says they're hunting a serial killer is leaving clues. And he's like, I found a clue, a knife and a noose. And I'm like, why would you say those words that way? I was a child, though I had never really been places. I understood accents in a abstract way. I could I could do accents, poor poor excuses of four accents, but I didn't understand how Canadians spoke much less French Canadians. So yeah, so when I said movie, that reminded me of that. At least I don't say experiment. Experiment is like a weird gum. It's unexperiment. Like, experiment. Straight up. There's no fucking arguing that one. I don't give a shit about popular usage. It's all just goddamn podcasts anyway. So yeah, so the whole no kids thing just ruined the, the basic tenet there. Where he's like, oh, I'm not going to kill that guy. I'm not going to I'm thinking feeling human being. Right? That's some Andrew Ryan shit. And it was really dumb. It was really dumb, it was movie dumb, and I get it, but it was really dumb. And the way that Conklin gets got, I mean, I guess, whatever. Um, the ending was kind of an anticlimax to me, anyway. And the end credits actually have a really, really cool song. I don't know if I mentioned this already, but it's by Moby. And it's called Extreme Ways. And it's like a really 70s throwback. And I'm like, well, fucking Moby is respecting the goddamn source material, right? Like, these people do. And I'm I'm not going to say that they out of hand dismissed, you know, the three books that, um, the three books of canon that were already made over something like 15 years, maybe, or 20. It's just that it's hard to divorce yourself, you being the audience, from that. If you had read this when you were like, you know, 12 and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And these are the books that your dad read and things like that, which was the case for me. I'm, I'm really um, indelibly linked to the books themselves. So there's that. That being said, um, I know that Hollywood is hard to navigate. And when there's money involved, you really have to do right by everybody and compromises have to be made. It's not ideal. I promise you it's not. If you think it's fine, if you think you can compromise, boy, get ready. I don't think you'll I don't think you're ready for that, Jelly. But it's one of those things. It's all about the he said, she said. I also don't like Limp Biscuit, so I'm gonna stop that right there. But yeah, the the movie itself was dumb compared to you know the many hundreds of pages of novel written in the 70s when people read more 
this movie came out like 2001 or something like that. And it did a good job. It set a scene. It created the starting point for a franchise that is to be wildly successful, which I think everybody's pretty okay with. Um, when I examine these in the isolation or when I examine the Borden identity in the isolation of the vacuum of it just being a movie, it's perfectly fine action movie. It is perfectly okay summer popcorn beat em up. Do I think that they missed chances and opportunities? Yeah. Do I think that they missed perfectly adaptable concepts and themes? Maybe. You know, everything everything costs money. Everything costs time in the movie. Time is money in a movie. It's one of those things. And it's really nebulous to to do, to navigate and all that. So I'm not going to objectively sit here and... uh Monday morning, like 15 years later, quarterback it and be like, well, they should have done this. I don't know that for sure. I know that me personally, I I disagree with it. But um, objectively, hey, man, this is a movie where if you want to see people get punched and shot, go for it. I didn't really get too, too much into the plot. I'm sure there will be some fun stuff in there. If you have not seen this, you should have seen it, though, because obviously we talked about some major stuff. So those are technically spoilers, I guess, but sorry. I mean, you should have known. You should have known. So that's it. That's been the Born Ultimatum. Directed by, like, uh, I think Doug Lyman. And it was competently directed. And everything was competently made, like, Nobody did a bad job here, and that's a good thing to say. Everybody showed up to work. And that's a movie worth watching, generally. If things are really neglected, then I'd be like, yeah, don't don't watch that movie. But The Born, the Born Identity? Yeah, man, watch it if you've never seen it. If you've seen it, and you remember it, yeah, don't sweat it. You're not, you know, you don't need to rewatch it. You're not missing out on any crazy details. Uh, if you disagree with me on that, by all means, please tweet at me at CoolMarkD, Cool with a C, and Mark with a K. Um, I'm not trying to start a flame war, but I would be interested to hear, I guess, other people's takes on on that movie. Because I am, like, not a fan, but I, I guess I need to maybe put things into perspective, I need to, to rank them. I don't hate the movie. I don't even dislike the movie. I like the movie, but I wouldn't necessarily seek it out and, and put it on and be like, oh my God, I really want to watch this on, on Sunday after I'm done you know, doing something, fixing something, painting something, putting something up, or, or you know, I'm, not, I'm not dying to see the born ultimatum, the born ultimatum, the born identity when the kid goes for a nap, right? I'm not waiting for it like that. So, yeah, tweet at me and let me know if you feel differently about it. I would, I would really love to get an honest opinion, perspective, uh, take on, on the movie. So, at CoolMarkD, cool to see Mark with a K. Thank you for listening. Um, I should pick the next movie... Um, 
I think the next movie is going to be Swordfish. And that is John Travolta Swordfish. That is, uh, God, what is his name right now? He's so charming. Hugh Jackman Swordfish. And it's also in the HD DVD collection that I have. That's, I'm, I'm just taking cruise control, right? From here on, like, well, not from here on, but just for the moment. And I'm not trying to make big decisions. I'm just trying to let the movies come to me. And they are, because Swordfish is the next one in the stack. So we'll watch Swordfish. Uh, please watch it. And I will come back next episode and talk about it. Thanks for listening. And good night and good luck. I don't have that movie. That's not a movie that I have on HD DVD.